Welcome to the Evil Penguin's Guide to Classical Chaos, a podcast by Evil Penguin to explore the realm of classical music. Our guest today is German violin virtuoso Linus Roth. He has played as a soloist with many renowned orchestras all around the world, such as, for example, the London Symphony Orchestra, and he's been awarded the Echo Classique Award twice. He has played work by all the big names, but he's also revived the work of maybe unjustly forgotten composers. He's almost exclusively responsible for the rediscovery of the work of Mieczysław Weinberg. But in this episode, Linus returns to one of the big names, Johann Sebastian Bach. But the program has a twist, because this German Baroque composer is discovering the world of Sambach. Linus, hi, welcome, hi. thank you for joining us. Before we dive in the world of Sambach, let's get to know you a bit better, maybe. So you've recorded staples of pieces from composers like Bach, Brahms, Tchaikovsky, and you've played concerts all over the world, both as a soloist and in chamber music settings. But what made you want to pursue a career as a musician in the first place? Well, I was given a violin when I was six years old and uh, it started as a hobby. Uh, I think I had always the right teacher at the right moment. Hmm. So at the beginning it was a teacher, she gave me a, a balloon when I did something well and <laughs> I got a nice sticker on my music sheet if I had done the etude <laughs> perfectly. And then it became more serious, I became more serious mm -hmm. and the teachers were also more strict. And when I was 12, I was already uh, a so-called pupil student at the Musikhochschule in German, at a yeah. music college, music university. Yeah. And I started to study full-time when I was 16. I won more prizes and got more concerts and it became, yeah, a big part of my life and it became my life, yeah. in fact. So it's also a little more than a profession. A profession yeah. is something you choose, but you can't really choose to be a musician. You, you are. There's no question. It's just a question, how far will I go? How much will I really, what, what will I reach? What kind of level? That is maybe what you don't know, but mm -hmm. it's very clear that this is what you will do the rest of your life. Yeah, so it's, it's really a passion that you're pursuing that you felt already as a quite young child. And you say, okay, it's a question of how far will I get or how far will I be able to go? But it's also about making choices, I imagine. Choices we've seen you make, for example, with the repertoire of Mieczysław Feinberg. Yes, uh, I'm particularly interested in things that have never been done. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy or that I don't want to play the concertos by Mendelssohn, Brahms, Beethoven and of Tchaikovsky, of course. But there are a few things that need to be discovered. One was definitely the works of Mieczysław Weinberg, an amazing composer who got forgotten. And um, I was one of the few who discovered him very early when no one really was interested yet. I started to promote his music a lot by founding the International Weinberg Society. Uh, I did um, the premieres 
uh, of his violin concerto in Germany, in the Ukraine, in Estonia, uh, different countries, and I'm still continue doing yeah. that. Musicians should be creative people. And what does that mean to be creative? It means not only to copy something or try to do something that has been done already and try to do it even better, that, that is nice, mm -hmm. but um, it's like a painter. You have a blank white uh, piece canvas, of yeah. canvas and then you start to paint, you throw colors, you try to imagine something. Um, and at the beginning there's only white, it's just yeah. in, your, in your head. And um, that's the same thing with uh, an idea to do the complete works by Weinberg. I mean, I remember I was sitting in my kitchen and I had just started to discover Weinberg and there was actually more and more pieces. And I thought, wow, that's just like a treasure box opening for yeah. me. Well, and I was writing down what I could do with that. At the end, I was like, okay, I will record everything. And the same was, in fact, with... Um, the um, Sambach project, yeah. So you've made your debut album in 2006, if I remember correctly. And since then, you've recorded a number of discs and you've let the world rediscover Mieczysław Weinberg. So now you're bringing yet another totally different and unique program. Can you introduce it to us? It is very unique. Um, I don't think it has uh, really happened. <laughs> <laughs> we start with Bach and we end with the most famous summer melodies and there's Villa Lobos in between which is our bridge from Bach to Brazilian samba. How did that idea start? Where did it start? I was invited for a performance at the festival of Belém. I was uh, scheduled to perform the Bruchwalding concerto with mm -hmm. the youth symphony orchestra there and I happily agreed to come because this is kind of an adventurous trip. Two or three weeks before the festival happened, I got a, a call and got asked, would you like to perform an additional concert with a kind of new chamber orchestra, but they're really good and they're really interesting. They come from Rio and their name is Johann Sebastian Rio. And I thought like, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, this is funny, but this is also interesting. And I said yes, and I went there, I played the Bruch, and then the orchestra arrived, and we immediately clicked. I mean, it mm -hmm. just from the very first note, there was something special. There was a special connection. We just understood each other, even without words. The concert was a huge success, and I learned that they obviously, through the name, they show uh, their admiration for Johann Sebastian Bach. They started their, yeah, their career as an ensemble by producing videos for YouTube. Okay. And these videos were always not only with their playing, but they would tell a story. It could be funny, it could be sad, it could be entertaining, it could be adventurous. They were so successful that when 
they announced their first concert in the Teatro Municipal, the biggest theater in Rio de Janeiro. Mm -hmm. It was completely sold out and, and was, uh, people were just not stopping to applaud anymore. And they continued um, producing these videos. And within their videos, they had a certain series called Johann Invites. They invite other musicians to play with them. And they asked me, would you like to play one movement of Bach concerto with us? So I had another chance to travel to Brazil. <laughs> yeah. And we did that for our own pleasure and fun. And then they said, ah, maybe you could, you know, at the end of the video, it would be nice if you played some little piece of a choro, you know, a yeah. very typical Brazilian piece of music. Uh, we have a very good percussionist, uh, has also a guitar player. And uh, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so after the Bach, the first movement of Bach concerto, we played this um, little piece and I had so much fun. <laughs> I, want to, I want to do more of that. And, um, and then I said, can't we, can't we play a samba? Because, I mean, Brazil, it's samba. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ivan, Ivan, the viola player of the orchestra, he, he can do arrangements. Hmm. So I was hoping for one or two maybe, and he didn't stop. They were <laughs> coming more and more. And um, the idea was born to, to do a project, not only for the stage, but also as a CD, to combine Bach which is their yeah, spiritual mentor, let's say, mm -hmm. and who plays such a huge role for all musicians and especially for me, um, and find our way to samba. Yeah, yeah. So you, you did not just record together with Johann Sebastian Rio, you really built the project, uh, the, the whole program together. Yes. The arrangements were made by one of their violinists, I understand. By the viola player. Viola player, Ivan okay. Sandonade, yes. Uh, and um, it was an idea that, that came to me. Yeah, let's, let's try to do that. And it worked out. It, it took many years. There's also something special about the instrumentation on this record, isn't there? I heard something about a harpsichord. There is a harpsichord, in fact, not only in the Bach, but also in the samba. Really? Which makes it very special, yes. Yeah. Uh, and certainly, samba without percussion is hard to imagine. So we have a yeah. fantastic um, percussionist who is totally in this kind of music, who plays from time to time with his orchestra mm -hmm. and um, you you would find him actually in the in the yeah in the bars uh, at night saturday night uh, just playing for the people uh, some sambas yeah and that's the kind of um, mix we got together with a classical string orchestra mm -hmm. and we added a guitar to it which is also very typical to have the title, Sambach, very clearly a mix of Samba and Bach. Um, 
for you, what is, what is the link between the two? The question is actually, are we playing sambas or are we playing classical music and just the melodies are samba melodies? I mean, for us, it's just great music. And um, you, can, you can actually combine Bach with many things. And there's no reason why not to combine it with sambas. But like I said before, Villa Lobos, the Brazilian Bach, let's mm -hmm. call him yeah. like that, is a nice bridge builder between the two. brought together two very different musical styles. I'm not sure if I should maybe call it a crossover. How would you classify it? I'm very curious to see how people will classify it, in fact, okay. because I, I'm not sure myself. For me, there's just good music or not such good music, and I choose to play the good music. Um, Samba has something very special. It's not maybe what people have in mind that it's just played at the carnival or something no it's very refined in fact mm -hmm. um i remember that is it 20 or 30 years ago that people in the classical music scene started to discover tango and yeah. it works by piazzolla yeah and it became kind of standard to now include a tango here and there in your uh, repertoire uh let's see if that will happen with samba over the next years um, I, don't, I don't really know, and in fact, I don't care so much um, how people will categorize it in which drawer they will put it. Um, for me, it's great music, and we play it as a classical string orchestra on a classical violin, and the melodies are not classical. They are from the so-called entertainment music. But for me, there's no real borderline between entertainment and art. Mm. High art, how people would maybe yeah. call it more sophisticatedly. But um, I think music that is composed to entertain or to dance mm. uh, can be art as well. And art can also be entertaining. Mm -hmm. So... I hope that we we do both, in fact. Yeah, so people can try to label it or classify it if yeah. they want, but for you, it comes from the heart, good music. That's it, and yeah. for me, it's it's fine. It's not. It's also not an insult. Many classical musicians are afraid to to be categorized as, oh, now you do crossover. But you can do crossover very well on a very yeah. high level, or you can do it in a very cheap way, and uh, I think it depends actually on that. Okay, so before this project, you recorded two Bach albums, yeah. one with solo violin sonatas and one with partitas. How did you decide which Bach composition to pair with this 
predominantly Latin American program you have here? Well, there are two violin concertos by Bach, the E major and the A minor, and somehow the E major is more bright, and I thought it fits better than the more serious Bach A minor. That's more, the main reason. That's a little bit more sunshine, maybe, or yeah. a little bit more color. All right. You mentioned uh, Ivan Zandonade, uh, who made yeah. the arrangements. Can you tell us a bit more about him? He's a fantastic viola player, but uh, he also is just really great. He has a certain talent in capturing the essence of a piece and transform it to another group of instruments. Obviously, the original sambas were not played by a string orchestra mm. and uh, with a violin soloist. But he somehow he, he managed to do that in an extreme, I find it actually really genius way. Yeah. Interesting. I look forward to, to hearing his work. You've, you've truly, together with Sandonada and uh, Johann Sebastian Rio, you've made these pieces your own, given them your own spin. Do you, if I may ask, have a favorite uh, number on the record? Oh, uh, it was actually with uh, Felipe Pratzeres, the artistic director of um, Johann Sebastian Rio. We were, we were having a discussion and at the end, we couldn't decide. <laughs> you couldn't. They are all very, very different, and some of them I didn't know. Okay. I mean, everybody knows the girl of Ipanema yeah, or yeah. Masquenada, but I didn't know Brasileirinho, I didn't know Brasil Pandeiro, uh, which most people in Brazil do know. Yeah. Or everybody, probably. But here it's not that famous, so yeah. I got to discover a lot. Yeah, it was a discovery in that interaction with yeah. uh, Johann Sebastian Rio. Interesting, nice. So I don't get a favorite, I will remember that. Um, so you went to Rio to record and to prepare. Well done. Do you already have a next project in mind? And where will that take you? Well, I have more ideas to do with Johann Sebastian Rio. Ah, interesting, <laughs> interesting. There is another Bach concerto. So let's see with what we combine it the next time. I look forward to seeing the results. Thank you, Linus, for joining us today. Thank you, too. And thank you for listening to our guide to classical chaos. If you want to hear more from Linus and the Sambach program, go to the show notes where you'll find links to discover the music. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode of the Evil Penguin's Guide to Classical Chaos. Mm -hmm.